Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Well, first of all, good morning. Uh, Feels great to be back here at uh, St. John's again. Thank you for inviting me to speak to you about the topic of uh, the tools of recovery, one of my favorite topics. Um, though I've been, I've met with you several times um, over the past, I didn't realize until I started putting some notes together for today that I'd already talked about the tools of recovery sometime in the past, maybe two or three years ago. But that was a good reminder for me that um, you really can't talk too much or too often about basic OA principles or basic OA program. Um, They're timeless. Um, Regardless of how many times I hear, they just keep sinking deeper and deeper the more I hear them, you know, kind of like the readings, kind of like your preamble or on awakening or the serenity prayer. Sometimes we can hear them a hundred times and then pop some idea will come out of them. And I think that's true as we keep talking about the tools. And I guess you do this on a regular basis, apparently. Uh, So I wrote up new notes with different words describing the same concepts, uh, but from a little different personal angle this time. Um, I try to interweave my story with what I've learned over the years about the tools and about their richness and their usefulness to me and I know to many other people. But first, before I launch into the tools and I'm gonna stop a minute here because I have this sign that says this meeting is being recorded. So should I say continue there? Okay, good. Now I can see your faces. Uh, First, a few facts about me to kind of set the stage. Um, I came to OA 21 years ago now Um, because I could no longer control my weight with dieting and pills. Um, I was also a workaholic, was very tired, and the fatigue of my workaholic behavior was uh, feeding my food problem. They were really linked. And fortunately, a few years later, when I was working with a sponsor, I retired, (laughs) which helped my food problem. Uh, In any case, uh, before coming to OA, I'd had a number of years of therapy, like a lot of people, on and off, which helped me understand my high drama dysfunctional family and uh, my role in the family dynamics as I was growing up. But it didn't really help or heal my addictions. And I have more than one addiction. I'm a codependent. I'm a workaholic. I've worked other programs as well. Um, I came to OA with those really flying. Um, And as I later learned, what was actually missing was a spiritual piece, uh, uh, a spiritual awakening, as the big book talks about. Um, Because I'm an atheist and I was very cynical about the concept of God or a spiritual higher power, uh, very disdainful. I, what I later learned was that that was the very piece I was missing that could have helped me drive my recovery and, and the action components like programs like the tools of recovery and so forth, so forth which help, help a person build a full and balanced life. Um, fortunately, OA dovetails very well with therapy, at least it did for me. Um, uh, they each did different things to help me in different ways. Um, 
to identify my part. And I began to understand my part once I was in OA and what happened to me prior to OA and to see and accept that my parents loved me and were proud of me. I didn't always know that. I really didn't really know it until I came into OA and started working on inventory. Uh, that they, they loved me and were proud of me no matter what I did and said, no matter what I believed, which is oft, often in conflict. This was a key component later in my uh, learning to love and accept myself. I think that's a, that's a good place to start. I, one thing is I see now and appreciate that not everybody has that. Not everybody is given that gift, either because they don't look for it or because it maybe it doesn't exist. So I feel very, very grateful and very fortunate that I found that I had it and I could use it to help myself as well, now that they've passed away. Okay, back to, back to the tools. As you know, OA adopted uh, the tools from the AA Seven Tools of Recovery, which I think were written, I looked it up, but it was very vague in the 1970s or thereabout. Um, OA, the OA tools, however, have evolved over the years once we picked up the AA tools to specifically address food issues. And recently I realized or learned that there now in our brochure will be, a, that's, that's the bird in my, in my clock, uh -huh. that it now has a definition of abstinence, which is a new thing. And, it, and it, it'll be added to our brochure. And it goes, quote, the action of refraining from compulsive eating and compulsive food behavior while working towards and maintaining a healthy body weight resulting in spiritual, emotional, and physical recovery. I think it's nice to kind of lay that out and that's in the tools now. Okay, I admit it. I love the tools. I've always loved the tools. They're very rich. They're, they are suitable for someone like me. And I love them for a number of different reasons, which is what I'm gonna talk about today. First, they're action-oriented and they have a, uh, and they're behavioral in nature. Remember, I'm a workaholic and I need to do something all the time. Action is big for me. So anything that gives me action or gives me something to do is right up, is the right ticket for me. Um, they focus on doing something, as I said, and they give me a job to do. You know, it's the job that the big book talks about, that leg, um, the leg work that I can do. Um, I mean, after all, I am 90% powerless over everything in my life. So that one 10% is very meaningful. And I think this is one way I can, I can use it. Well, using the tools, I feel compelled to examine my behavior while I'm following the tools. It kind of bubbles up what's going on with me in terms of my behavior. They are the action part in my spiritual, emotional, and physical program. And for example, they involve words. If you go back to the tools and look at and compare what they're like and how they are like vis-a-vis -vis one another, they're all involving verbs and action verbs. Uh, you go to a meeting, you listen, while you're in the meeting. You talk while you're, share when you're in the meeting. You read literature. You talk with a sponsor. You talk with a sponsee. You follow the anonymity rules. What you hear here, let it stay here. So they engage me and I, I like being engaged and it helps me uh, focus on my recovery. Another reason I love the tools is it, they, they allow me to act as if, act 
as if has been a big part of my program because when I came into the program, I, I, as I said before, I, I'm an atheist and I, um, I, I had a problem with the whole concept of God. And when I worked with a sponsor in the beginning, she helped me through the very, through the process of acting as if to believe that there was some kind of spiritual component in my life, whether it was higher power or whatever it was. Uh, and I developed that and it really, really helped from then on. I was, I was off and running. Um, my higher power isn't like a lot of people. So I think she doesn't wear a beard. She's a woman. Uh, she has a big lap and she's old, but she's represents nature to me. And, um, and, and she's very dear and I've learned to go to her often. In any case, when I think about the tools and I think about acting as if, what I do is I'm playing a role uh, of a recovering addict. I'm not just an addict anymore, I'm a recovering addict. And I get into costume, I suit up and show up as a recovering addict whenever I can engage with the tools. Um, I act as if I believe that this tool is going to help me with my craving for food and my, my obsession with food, my obsession with thinking about it all the time. Um, and I believe truly, because I'm acting as if, that it will diminish my craving for food and obsession. I, I'm in a way, I'm kind of, I'm using the substitution method. I'm um, taking a new behavior, that of a, what I imagine a recovering addict is, is how they're behaving. And I'm substituting that for my old behavior, which was of an addict who's flagrantly disregarding every tool that ever was existing and floundering in their overeating compulsion. Um, I can do it when, I'm, I'm, uh, when I telephone my sponsor or, or a colleague or a fellow um, and ask for, I've got an hour till dinner time and I'm, and I, you know, I'm gonna blow it. I'm gonna blow my food plan that has been really in place for quite a while and she'll or he'll talk to me, talk me through it or help me in some way or just let me ramble on until I get it out of my system. Um, I get to a meeting as soon as possible if I detect any signs of relapse or slipping. That's Karen Bev. Thank you. Ken. Acting, I'm acting as if by focusing on my recovery. And um, that's one reason I love the tools. The other, another reason for loving the tools for a person like me is that there's a lot of structure with the tools. There's not only the structure in the, in the way that they're laid out, but if you take each tool and you go inside, it has specific, has specific ideas to use that tool. And they're, and they're breaking down big problems into little problems, so to speak. It's kind of difficult to argue with facts that are in black and white and written out for you and are very specific and have boundaries like the food plan with its limits, its specifics, its boundaries, its questions of when, how, where, and why I'm eating. Am I gonna eat while standing up, for instance, or go to a quick stop to get a break? Uh, and they're specific in terms of uh, it's, it's today, it's in the present. Uh, even though you may utilize them before and after, you're really focused when you're using a tool on the, in that moment, at least I am. And, and that helps manage that big fat problem down into a smaller problem. A workable, tasty food plan helps me stop debating food plans. I wanna fiddle with it. I wanna, 
I want to talk about it endlessly with my sponsor. I want to, I want to fudge about it. I want to take a little bite. I want to slip and slide um, when I debate the food plan. That's the whole purpose. It's to delay my having to have a food plan and follow it. So anything I can do to formalize it and to give it some structure helps me, helps me work it, helps me stay within it. Tools like the action plan, eating plan, sponsorship, telephone, literature, all of them help me, help me with this problem of wanting to debate my food plan. Working the steps has helped me from debating my plan because I'm focused on meaningful uh, work that, uh, uh, that leads to recovery, just as the tools do. They're all basic concepts of the program. The other reason that structure is important is that my food addiction is a very complicated and difficult problem. It's not easy. It's not like stopping booze where you don't touch it anymore. You have to touch it. You have to eat. And I love food. And I love to talk about and read recipe books. So it's very complicated for me. And there are many layers and intricacies. There are these surprise behaviors that jump out of nowhere. All of a sudden, for no reason that I can imagine, I'm eating a food that I haven't eaten for three years. I don't know why. I don't know why I started it, why I took it, why I bought it. And it's a surprise. So this problem is very difficult for, I think, for any addict. I think it's probably one of the most difficult. Um, I need boundaries and I need to answer the questions what, when, where, and why and stay clear and be very clear at all times where that slippery slope is for me at the present moment. Because uh, the first, I'm a first bite person. If I take a first bite or if I keep that food in my house, I'm liable to go and eat it late at night. It's one day at a time, one step at a time and the tools and the structure help me do that. Another reason I love the tools is, you know, you can't, it's kind of hard to argue with success it works. If you follow the tools, it really helps your program. It does lead you to recovery. And you know what? There are a lot of people who will tell you about it. That's why I go to meetings. They talk about their recovery. And I want to hear about it. It helps me. It gives me hope. It worked on them. It could work on me. Uh, it's a way of giving service because I tell when the times it's worked for me. Um, so I like the idea of dealing with a program and a concept that has a history of success if you just follow it. And the tools are a no brainer. They're easy. They're easy for someone like me to use because I wanna make everything very, very complicated. So if it's given to me in an easy, straightforward way, it's easier for someone like me to use. They're straightforward, they're clear, they're specific and they're logical. Um, they, they, they use little sound bites. Get to a meeting, pick up the telephone, call your sponsor, uh, they make it easy, it, like any good user manual. And there are a lot of very bad user manuals out there for me, technically speaking. And this is one user manual that is very easy to use, not like the problem it addresses, which I think is very difficult. Um, and you can be imaginative and, or you can be simply routine. Um, That's five more, Bev. Five minutes, okay, great. Uh, if you, uh, if I'm a cook, for instance, and I like to use my imagination and creativity to cook food. So 
I can, I can make my food plan very delicious as well as nutritious, or I can get up in the morning and eat the same darn thing every morning because I'm too sleepy and I don't want to think about cooking. I don't want to think about planning. I just want to go get that food, read my newspaper. So the tools are adaptable. You can go deep or you can stay shallow. I can go deep on an issue with my sponsor. We can do a four-step inventory and I can get to the point where I either accept or I change behavior or I have an action plan. Or I can simply make a call in five minutes, talk to somebody and I feel a sense of relief. The one thing about all of the tools is I keep my higher power near me. And she comes with me when I go to a meeting. She's there when I'm journaling. She's there when I'm reading. And she helps me and I ask her direction. I also need something to turn over to. And my higher power serves that purpose. Because as I work the tools, I'm oftentimes in a place where I need to turn something over. Because as I said, I'm powerless over 90%. Finally, I think that the tools embody a whole host of self-care and kindness. They're embedded in the tools. Every single tool is a way for me to take care of myself. Um, it's also a way for me to signal when I'm very frustrated and upset and I start shaming myself or I start thinking about shaming somebody else, taking somebody else's inventory, to signal that I don't need retribution. I don't need criticism or shaming. I need love and self-care and kindness. And I think the tools do that for me. Um, whether it's uh, if I'm headed towards relapse, it's a, you know, figuring out a 30 meetings in 30 minutes, in 30 days, or uh, meeting up with my sponsor to talk about a relationship issue. In summary, the tools help me face reality and tell the truth about myself to myself. Um, that truth is that I may be a compulsive overeater, but I'm also a human being and I need self-care and love just like every living thing in this world. Um, and it makes me feel strong. I do kind of a state of the Bev's union thing on it um, to remind myself that I have access to love and self-care in this fashion. Even when I'm alone, I can invite other people into it through the tools. So thank you very much for asking me to speak today and for carrying the message and work, you know, essentially working my program. <laughs>